it's not how much weight you can lift. It's not how great that you look. Those things are byproducts to the process. Those are the cherries on top, right? But you have to have a much larger base on a pyramid in order for it to be of any value. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Good is in the Details. I'm your host, Gwendolyn Dolsky. This episode, we'll be talking about fitness and health and coaching and also what does it mean to have a business during lockdown. The owner of Pendulum Fitness, Drew Gurton, is going to be sharing his thoughts and I'm excited to have him on the show. You may have heard me talk about Pendulum before. This is a place where I have been working out for the last six years and in the craziness of the last six years of my life, but I mean, everyone's life is crazy, I guess. Well, maybe not, just me. But at any rate, this has been a constant and I really appreciate the coaching. I appreciate the support. I appreciate the community. And it is really a treat for me to be able to share the owner's thoughts and philosophy on his business. If you're interested in more about it, you can go to pendulum.fit. And if you have any questions about this episode, you can always reach out at goodisinthedetailspod at gmail.com. And if you haven't yet, please rate and review the show. That helps us gain a broader audience. And if you'd like to become a patron of the show, you can go to patreon.com slash goodisinthedetails. Okay, and here's the interview. Okay, well, Drew, welcome to the show. Thank you. And Rudy, give us your Twitter handle. My Twitter handle is all one word. It's Sallow Rudy. That's me on Twitter. If anybody would care to follow me, if anyone wants to follow me on Instagram, it's RudySS77. Got it. So Rudy, we're going to be talking about fitness. That's why I brought up the Instagram. I was just saying, you know, people want to, you know, put a face to the, to the voice and a body to the voice and skinny <laughs> legs to the voice. They can, they, can, they can take a look at Instagram. Okay, that's perfect. Okay, Drew, the owner of Pendulum. So we're calling it Pendulum Fitness now, right? That's right. When I started, it was a different name, but you've evolved. Yeah. Tell us about that evolution from the beginning of your business to where you are now. Yeah, so Pendulum started formerly known as CrossFit Pendulum. And what we did with our concept was that we knew that we wanted to be able to appeal to an audience, have some traction, get some marketing out there that would allow for people to know exactly what we do. Because what happens with a lot of fitness gyms is that if you say, our name is XYZ Fitness, well, what do you do? Like, what makes you different? What's your niche? What's your specialty? And for us, we really liked CrossFit at the time. We still love CrossFit and uh, we still do CrossFit. But what happened is that CrossFit was having a lot of success and you could just type it into Google and you would see this, people would just show up, right? Mm -hmm. Because they were looking for a certain type of fitness and they knew what they were almost kind of getting with it. And they also knew that people got really amazing results doing it. So that's where we said at the beginning, we'll start with, you know, a CrossFit pendulum. And the reason why CrossFit was put before pendulum was because it, once again, branding, right? They weren't coming for pendulum CrossFit, even though we own both domain names, the CrossFit was what they were looking for. And we right. were, you know, that piece. Then we knew that eventually we wanted to evolve. So pendulum fitness now appeals to a much broader audience. 
and so that it's not as scary because that's what has happened with CrossFit is that it's evolved and people assume like injuries and I'm going to get hurt. You're a Billy badass and all those things. And it's just like you've experienced with your own students like, oh, uh, Gwendolyn, you like our professor does CrossFit. She's she's so tough. She's such a badass. And you're like, well, I mean, I'm. Exactly. That's how it goes. What does fitness mean to you? Because going from that CrossFit name to Pendulum Fitness, what is your underscoring idea of fitness? Oh boy. That is... What does it mean to be fit? I mean, because in my mind, I'm thinking this also, this is what I think is that it's also an emotional experience. It's a mental and emotional experience being fit. And, and we'd be remiss, if, I, if you don't mind, if we don't talk about everyone's reaction to Adele's weight loss when we're talking about this. Oh. I, just want, I just wanted to throw that out there just in case somebody forgot to bring that up. But we have to talk about how we're supposed to react to that, I think. Well, I'm a little annoyed. Somebody posted this perfect, sorry, Drew. Someone posted this perfect thing that this woman won 15 Grammys and all everybody can talk about is her accomplishment with her weight. Okay, but anyway, Drew, what does fitness mean to you? <laughs> a, a good point. I wasn't arguing one way or the other, but I do think it's, I mean, you know, we got to talk about something controversial here because that's, that's my name. It's Rudy Controversial Solid. Rudy, that is why I keep you. Thank you. I know. I know I'm around. That and first. the great hair. It is great hair. It's okay. growing too long. It's growing into a mullet. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Drew, what is fitness? Fitness is, for us, it's a broad encompassing word, right? Uh, and there is... CrossFit has defined it, and I can give you the CrossFit's definition of fitness. That to me is, is one of the, the best areas that you can explain it. So CrossFit's definition, which I still, yeah, I, I still believe in, is it's eat meat, vegetables, nuts, and seeds, some fruit, little starch, no sugar, keep intake to levels that will support exercise, but not body fat, practice and train major lifts, deadlift, clean, squat, presses, clean and jerk, and snatch. Similarly, master the basics of gymnastics, pull-ups, dips, rope climbs, push-ups, sit-ups, presses to handstand, pirouettes, flips, splits and holds, bike, run, swim, row, etc. hard and fast, five or six days a week. Mix these elements in as many combinations and patterns as creativity will allow. Routine is the enemy. Keep workouts short and intense. Regularly learn and play new sports. Now, the other thing about fitness is that you have, this also ties into coronavirus right now, is that you have sickness, wellness, and fitness, okay? You have those two spectrums of things, uh, actually three. Sickness is on one side, fitness is on the other. Wellness is in the middle, and then you have, based on that wellness spectrum, you have what is uh, blood pressure, body fat, bone density, triglycerides, HDL, LDL, cholesterol, glycated hemoglobin, muscle mass, et cetera. But the thing is, is that it's measuring one single quality, health. And so what we're able to do here is that taking that spectrum and saying, hey, where does fitness, if fitness is is one side and then you have sickness on the other, that's, there's a huge pendulum there. Weird, right? And so that's what we want people to swing to the other side hence the name, mm-hmm. and to live life in motion so that there, and that's our motto, is that there is movement to it all, right? There is a, an adjustment to that. And so it's not something that is one specific thing. It's ever ongoing and changing. 
and that makes for a much more enjoyable journey and it actually makes fitness not so awful miserable insert like negativity to it and can become a lot more enjoyable you know what i loved about what you just described about fitness is it's focused on the health. And that's really what I'm so focused on, on the health. I'm glad you didn't say anything about oh, being in shape or looking good or anything like that. You brought in the underlying health factors, the heart measures, the blood flow, everything that really should matter to everybody today during the coronavirus pandemic. Because it's clear that people with underlying health concerns and a lot of those health underlying health concerns have to do with you know, the habit. Let's just be honest, as a result of not having enough fitness, not having um, enough good heart health, those people are more at risk. So if it, it's vitally important to be focusing on fitness as health, fitness as, hey, do you, if you want to live long, you got to have fitness, especially today. I mean, if there's going to be any silver lining from the corona pandemic, it's I hope everyone that really, you know, needed that kick in the butt to you know, turn their lives around and become healthy, do become healthy. I emailed a client last week, you know, a good friend of mine. You know, we, we used to get together. We used to talk music. We used to drink a lot and do the conference circuit. And he said the number one thing that he's doing on during the pandemic is taking better care of himself. And that made me super duper proud. And I'm hoping that other people take that point as well. Yeah, it's, it's really important to see that reps and sets are the process that you take to the other side of the spectrum. It's not how much weight you can lift. It's not how great that you look. Those things are byproducts to the process. Those are the cherries on top, right? But you have to have a much larger base on a pyramid in order for it to be of any value. You have seen, like I, I said, I think that there's an emotional connection. Um, something in philosophy we talk about is what does it mean to live well? What is the good life? And I'm wondering, just from your experience, can you give us an example of a, a couple of members where you've seen a transformation, not just with their physical state, but it's branched out into other areas of their lives, like gain more confidence or happiness? Yeah, so what we have found is that there is a huge endorphin dump, right? That happens at the end of a high-intensity workout. And that's what makes at least CrossFit and our brand of fitness so intoxicating, if you will. It's because what ends up happening with people is that they're, they go through the workout, it's really tough, and they overcome this, this really hard obstacle, and then they get this huge spike in endorphins, and it's you know, it's more than just getting a bunch of likes on an Instagram post or a Facebook post. It's the validation is internal, right? And it's through hard work and effort. And then you start to look at yourself differently and you go, wow, I just did that. And if you are somebody that struggled with identity issues or, you know, different ways of how you think about yourself, you start to reframe how you actually feel about yourself. And it, you say, oh, I am, it changes the narrative. It, I, I am not this person. I'm not Adele who, you know, will bring her back up and all of this is that it's not, it's not like, hey, Adele was this overweight, talented singer, right? And she would be so much more successful if she were this weight, right? And she looked like uh, Christina Aguilera at, you know, at her peak. 
that stuff is ridiculous. And that I think that is the stuff that is put on people from the media, from, you know, just being in the public eye. And I think that those things are really, really frustrating. And it's unfortunate that people have to go through that. But the other thing is that um, the thing that I applaud Adele for is that she went through that process and she didn't boast about her process at all. Mm-hmm. She just reappeared and was like, hello. <laughs> and her timing was, in my opinion, perfect for the pandemic and people who were suffering with weight. Unless, I mean, I associate weight not, not with any, not like looking bad or nothing like that. I associate it with being a little bit unhealthy. And, I, and I've suffered with weight. And I've gone up and down from law school, from working in a law firm. And I have to work really hard to keep my weight down. I associate weight with being unhealthy. And her timing was excellent for the coronavirus pandemic. I hope more people focus on that aspect of it. The data is clear. Obesity is a big problem for the higher mortality rates, period. That's it. Obesity leads to diabetes. Diabetes puts you into that category of more at risk. So I'm so happy that Adele came out when she did with this and she didn't need to quote unquote look at, she looked great before, but she still won 15 Grammys. God bless her. Cause she's, she's great. She's got great talent. Um, but at the end of the day, the focusing on the health is very, very important these days. Yeah. yeah. Well, one of the things that is part of Drew's philosophy is live life in motion, which I think is really great, which Rudy, you would appreciate because Rudy's really big on public transit and walking and taking, getting people outside of their cars so they can appreciate, you know, the outdoors and stuff like that. But this live life in motion, what are you going to say? I was going to say pre-pandemic, I was all about the getting Pre-pandemic, he was now, right. now, I'm, now I'm like, everyone should have their own little pod and stay in their pod. <laughs> yeah, my, my Rudy, Rudy's philosophy on transportation is ever evolving. And if you'd like to find out, go to Forbes.com and type in Rudy Sallow and you'll see my evolution. Go, go ahead, Gwen. Sorry. Well done, Rudy. Well done. Okay. So, um, but this idea of live life in motion, I think it's such a great, it's such a great motto. And it's also a way to, I think it's a way to enjoy your life that it's, you know, the health and the wellness and all of that. But I think that that's one of the aspects is that it's part of what it means to be happy. And like you said, Drew, like the, you know, the glamour or I don't know, the abs or whatnot, that that's all the byproducts, but what it's about is enjoying your life. Mm -hmm. That's right. And it's something that I think that people don't understand is that at least about our, our motto is that if you live life in motion, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go one way. There's going to be times in your life that that pendulum swings back in the other direction and you're going to be not where you want to be. But movement is movement. And it's understanding that it is a process on how that we got to that end goal that one time doesn't mean that you maintain that for the rest of your life. That would be ideal and perfect, but we don't live in a perfect world. We have newborn babies, we have kids, we have businesses, we have clients that decide to send us, you know, emails and text messages at two in the morning saying that that, that you need to handle that case and oh, they're out at home, right? I mean, like, whatever <laughs> that is. I mean, like, I'm, I'm sure, you know, you deal with this, Rudy, and, you know, it's not a straight line and it moves all the time. That's what makes a great coach is that they're just as dynamic and they're able to work with you wherever you're at. I've had a client that has lost 165 pounds in one year, okay? He was my biggest success story, if you will. Fun part about that is he owns a pizza company. 
So, uh, so like all the reason why not to lose weight, lost 165 pounds in a year. He lost me as a human being. as an adult from 370 to 205. And guess what? He's gained some of that weight back slowly, right? And here we are again, losing weight again, doing the process. I don't chastise him for it. I understand that this is, it's a fluid thing. It's not linear. We may program linearly, and that's how we help people achieve results so that they can track where they started and where they're going. But it's more about understanding that people are unique and dynamic, and you have to be able to meet them and adjust with them as a coach. What is a common thread that you see when it comes to success stories? So even though you have a lot of different members, a lot of people you've, you've worked with, is there something that the people who are able to go um, move forward with their fitness and health goals, that there's a common thread? A powerful why. Okay. So a why, like Simon Sinek, as most people know, like it starts with why. Uh, you have to have something deeply rooted inside of you. And it has to be more than a bikini body. Or, right. you know, like I want abs. We all do. But the abs aren't going to keep you uh, working towards your end goal. It has to be intrinsically motivated. There has to be deeper rooted things there that you go, I'll show up for that. I want to get rid of my chicken legs because <laughs> I want Gwen to stop laughing at me. Is that good? Is that a good thing? Or is that, is that not good enough? I think uh, if your whole entire goal is based on uh, Gwen's approval, you got bigger problems. Damn it. I got to come up with my why. Uh, okay. That's good. <laughs> Thank you. I needed that. <laughs> well, by the same token, is there a, a number one sabotager for somebody getting in their own way? Themselves. When do you see it? Like, what, how is that expressed to you? Like, as a coach, when you see that somebody's struggling and you realize that they are getting in their own way, how do you handle it? How do you recognize it? So, you know, what's really interesting is that we see it, honestly, around 14 days when somebody first signs up because it's really great to start. Right. And if you look back at when all of the coronavirus quarantine shutdown happened, everybody, you could get, if you wanted to start a fitness program, there was never a better time to start fitness programs for free. Why? Because you could go on Instagram, YouTube, anywhere and get a free program. They were everywhere. What happens is that two weeks later, go back onto Instagram, those channels and things like that. How many of those people are still doing that? None. A lot. You know, I mean, like it's very, it's very few and far between. So, it's really hard. And that's what I saw. Like even throughout everybody's like, Oh, I'm going to use this time to get fit. Well, a lot of those people, it doesn't matter because they didn't actually have anything set up as a concrete reason of why that they wanted to stay fit or get fit or whatever that looks like for them. And there had, you know, there has to be a deeper meaning behind it all. Because the thing is, is that when it becomes difficult, when it's nine o'clock at night and you're hungry again, what's the thing that's going to keep you out of the cookie jar? Right. There has to be something far more, there, there has to be accountability built in. There has to be like why you're actually doing it. Right. And for me, I'll just be vulnerable is that I don't want to let my kids down in a certain way that they see me as this, this strong person that daddy works out and all of these things. I also want to be able to kind of prove that to them. And when they want to go out and play that I actually have energy to do that, that I, um, when they ask to be carried up to bed, that I actually have the strength to be able to do that. And that's actually how I measure my fitness is that if I am able to carry both kids up the stairs and then it, to, to bed, I'm doing okay with my fitness. And they're seven and five and a half right now. So they're getting bigger. That's, that is very, 
you can carry both of them at the same time. Yep. Wow, okay. man, that is impressive. That serious. I got a four-year-old and a two-year-old, and I mean, I could carry them, and then the the, the two-year-olds getting some weight on them. But wow, you've set a high bar for me. So now I'm gonna have to carry my kids until they're ten and twelve because you just set such a high bar. I got to beat that no. bar. Guess what happens? Well, you've already passed the bar, so that's you're you're already good there. Anyway, that's my dad joke for the day. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, but the uh, the thing that, at least for my kids, is that, and my seven-year-old, she is dense, man. She's a big, <laughs> she's always been just thick. Like she was, she was the, like the little Charmin roll baby, you know, like it was where her rolls had rolls. And she, <laughs> so she has like always been a, a big kid. And carrying both of them, I measure that and go like, oh man, like I'm out of breath or, oh, I'm, I'm missing some strength. So let's, I need to get back. And I use that as a measure. Now, here's the thing, truth be told, they're going to get to a point to where it's going to have to go down to one, you know, one kid, right? And it may just be, you know, putting them on my back and walking up the stairs. However, that needs to evolve. I'm okay with it. Yeah. At a certain point, it'll just get weird right? It'll just be, well, well, daddy, I can't get up the stairs. You got to carry me. And then, you know, people are around. It, it, could, it, could, it could get a little strange at that point at, at a certain point. So I do hear you. Carrying one kid never gets weird. Never gets weird. Yeah, pulls out, it pulls out the, the video camera and is like filming it, waiting for something to go wrong. Yeah. You have, I want to say, you have got very great coaches working for you at Pendulum. What are some for anyone maybe interested in fitness or whatnot, what are some traits that you look for in coaches? Because you've managed to just crank out some really great people there. I think what it, makes a good coach? Oh man! So the first thing that makes a, a good coach is that they care. You can't replace somebody that cares. They have to one care about people. Two, they have to be coachable. That's such a huge thing. I've hired and fired people that just weren't coachable. Right? Like it's just didn't work out. They were, they cared about their people. They met that criteria, but they just weren't coachable. That's the second thing. You got to be able to, to receive feedback that you're not doing a good job with your, oh, I see. your class, right? So you're, uh, or hey, next time try saying this, and then you see them not be able to do it. You have to equally be able to grow as a person in the same way that when you were in my class as an athlete, that I asked you to do something, you have to, that is a universal skill set. You have to be able to be willing to adapt and grow as a person. So being coachable is number two. Number three, you got to have some science. If you don't have science, like uh, how are you going to be able to comprehend what's going on with the body, what's going on with somebody, what that muscle group is? There has to be a level of expertise there. Mm -hmm. Number four is it doesn't hurt for you to be dynamic. Because boring people, nobody wants to take your class. <laughs> oh, hey, yeah. <laughs> I right? can appreciate that. What is something that from when you started and you know how to coach, you know how to train, you've got the science, you are dynamic. How have you evolved personally? Like what have you learned from maybe from your members or from taking the role of being the coach to coaching other coaches, and then maybe what have your members taught you about fitness or about health or about wellness? Two things primarily that stand out. One, when we started this entire thing, I sucked at delegation. So I needed to learn on how to give off of my plate, like the things that were adding up. Because the thing is, is that my coaches knew and or had things that were going to be able to benefit us. It wasn't the same capacity that I was able to do that. 
but in order for the business to grow, every single time that I've delegated something to someone or given that away, the business has grown because I was the limiting factor. Any entrepreneur that you talk to, they are the limiting factor in their business, always. So you have to kind of get out of the way and allow for your people to grow and evolve so that the business can evolve. So that's really important. Uh, that's, that's one. I learned on how to delegate. Two, I learned that, and I have been learning, is that I, I need to be more vulnerable and allow people to see me as, you know, my, like who I am so that people don't think that I'm just this business owner, but I allow for them to see me as true, authentically me. What are some tips for staying fit during the lockdown other than joining Pendulum and doing the Zoom classes, which are fantastic, by the way? What are some tips for people? So we, yes, we, we do have an online remote program so that we, it was something that we were actually going to start in the fall. And due to this entire pandemic, we were able to bring it forward and showcase our abilities to the world. And we have people from literally all over the country right now that are, are doing our program online, which has been really, really cool. Wow. And that, I mean, it's been really fun to see people that have moved away, come back and rejoin because they can. And we have a platform for them to do that now. So that's been really fun. Uh, so Pendulum Online is a thing. The other thing is that the first thing that people can do in order to start their fitness journey with, you know, being on lockdown or wherever you're at is that you just got to start moving. That's it. One foot in front of the other is, is even if it's as small as just going for a walk, right? And saying, I'm going to go for a 45 minute walk today and being okay with that. That's a great start. Drew, if you don't mind me asking, getting into specifics, um, the, the first thing I did on lockdown, because I had been going to a personal trainer, somebody that I walked to right next to my house, because I, I started to get serious about fitness because I've been doing more acting, more voice stuff. And I, I just wanted to get healthier because I got young children and I didn't like the direction that my body was going. So I focused on it. That all shut down. And I, so I built kind of a, a little home studio and you mentioned reps and sets. It's very difficult these days during the pandemic to actually get some weighty weights to get the 35 pounds to get the 45 pounds. I've been able to get some 25 pounds for my bench press and you know, I've, I've kind of built, you know, bought some two and a half bought some tens. Would you say reps and sets? Can you explain the philosophy behind that and what's a good approach as to reps and sets? For example, I was doing, you know, because I only had so many weights on my uh, bench press, I only could get it up to 80 pounds because that's all what I could buy out there. I mean, I've gotten it up to higher than that. So I would do like three or four sets of 25 reps. Yeah, is that good? Is that, give me some more meat on the reps <laughs> and sets philosophy, please. So I'll, I'm sure. This is Gwen probably experiences this is that the more that you learn, the more that you know, the more complex it is. And you're okay. like, oh man, this is really okay. hard. So let me make this as simple as possible. Please. Starting with, now this is going to sound super generic. All right. And, and if you're into fitness and you're listening to this right now, you're going to be like, I can't believe he went there. But three by 15. So three sets, 15 reps is a great place to start. Why? Because 15 reps is what we call a muscular endurance training volume. Okay, so 45 reps total is a good place for a foundational body to start from. And then from there, because it's, it's not like 
people are going to be able to have the capacity to go and do a one rep max uh, and say like, I'm going to get the heaviest weight possible and, and go all out on it. It's not possible and nor is it actually a good thing to do while on quarantine because let me tell you something, your body still understands stress. So it doesn't matter where it's coming from. If you're stressed out from your work, if you're stressed out because you're losing sleep because you have a newborn, whatever that is, that stress is still happening to you and to your body. Your body does not have the ability to comprehend where it's coming from, okay? So starting with three by 15 is a good place to start from. Now, you're like, well, I've only got 10 pound weights at home, right? And I can jam out three by 15 really, really easily. Great. Then I would add some complexity to it and say, can you give me three by 15 with tempo? And what tempo means is controlling it. So let's just say we're doing a shoulder press, all right? And we're loaded in that front rack position, and then we're going to press over our head, right? It's going to be a three-second up. So one, two, three, pause at the top, and then a three-second down, right? Pause for a second at the bottom. Repeat that for 15 reps on each arm. What do you have? My arms were starting to burn oh man that was tough that was you know and now you start to it doesn't matter the amount of the weight it matters how you control it and there's another thing called the neuromuscular response that's where your brain taps into your muscle and they are communicating and talking that is still a really powerful thing and that's how you'll see really advanced lifters not even using a whole lot of weight but they are connecting their brain, their muscle, and then it's, it changes things. Uh, let me ask, on the three by 15, is that three by 15 of you know, whatever weights that I have? Let's say, let's say I've gotten the bench now up to 130 pounds. Do I do 15 of 100, 15 of 120, 15 of 130, or, or because I can easily do 15, 130, 15, 130, 15, 130? I would say start with a, a simple baseline of one, all three sets are going to be the exact same weight. Perfect. That's exactly what I needed to know. Thank you very much. <laughs> and Drew, if you need any legal advice, you can ask Rudy right now. Yes. It, <laughs> would you like to? Would you like to know how to issue a municipal bond? I can, I can tell you. I can tell you how to do that. Uh, first, you need to be a government or a nonprofit. Then we can talk. Okay. Can, can you get me the? Can you get me the? Uh, the nonprofit status so that I can get my student loans uh, waived after. 10 years. How about we get me that classification? We'll start up a, a nonprofit uh, line just so I can get my student loans waived. I'm, I'm in. You know, I'm trying for a friend. I'm trying to learn because uh, I, I, it has been so long ago, student debt consolidation. I'm trying to relearn how to do that. I'll figure that part out. And if you need help with that, I'll definitely help you out. Well, yeah. there you go. So wrapping things up, Drew, you have got a podcast for Pendulum. How is that going? What is the podcast about? So we have a podcast. It's called The Pendulum Podcast. Um, you can find it on Spotify, Apple. All the platforms. All the, okay, all the places, just like this one. Okay. <laughs> we're, we're friends in the interwebs. <laughs> um, you know what's crazy is that we started the podcast. I, had, I, was, I was in a band back in the day, and so I had all this old recording gear. Name of the band? Leap Year. Oh, is that in honor of your... Non birthday. That's right. Okay. All right. Continue. It's a good name as a as a former punk. Well, I'm still a punk rocker, but as a former band person, I dig that name. Leap year. Good job. Thumbs up. (laughs) You know what's really cool about the the band is that we were a profitable band. We actually had made money, and so like we 
had recorded and played here in LA and we set a time limit of two years to try and make it. And because that's what happens with a lot of bands is that they will set, you know, they won't set a timeline. They just keep playing. And next thing you know, dudes are like 45 and still trying to break into the industry. But any, I mean, that was at least back in the nineties <laughs> before music died. Um, so I had this gear and we started the podcast called the pendulum podcast. Uh, and that was to feature local Pasadena people, our members, and to be able to offer a little bit deeper content of education on science, get to know our members, and also to increase awareness about other Pasadena businesses and things like that. So that was going really well, all the way up until this thing called the coronavirus. I get it. It'll come back and be better than ever. So when Pendulum does open up again, what are you looking forward to? Uh, Gwen, that's not the question. It's when Pendulum opens back up again, are we going to be your first guests? I, I always have I'm to... not talking about the podcast. I'm talking about the actual gym. Oh, Rudy. oh, oh, oh. Well, I'm talking about the podcast. I Rudy is... podcast is humanly possible. I'm okay. a podcast whore is what I am. That's what I am. I'm a podcast that's... whore. We'll, we'll okay. have to figure out a way on how to... Because uh, I'll need a bigger mixer because I, uh, I only have two ports. So unless you guys want to share a mic. Rudy. <laughs> I, I don't know. The Zoom just goes so well. <laughs> well, I just, you know, with the whole socially distanced thing, you know, as long as I can wear a, like a Darth Vader mask, all oh, that's fine. I can share a mic. Well, okay. Well, back to Pendulum, the actual location. Drew, what are you looking forward to? Like when it all opens up, what do you miss? What are you excited about? I'm excited about seeing our people again. I'm, I'm excited about coaching in person again and seeing movement done there uh it's it's different seeing it on a zoom call because we're still doing that and i'm just excited to be able to see people that what's and here's the crazy thing some of you guys i have known for like six plus years and i've seen you for six plus years a couple times three four times five times a week right and then coronavirus happens and then i haven't seen some of these people for like six weeks and then all of a sudden they pop up in a class and it's like hey you know, yeah. and we do the equipment and it's like, it's good to see you in there behind a mask. It's like, I, that's the part that I'm really looking forward to again, is just seeing our people. Yeah. Rudy, any final questions? Any final thoughts? Three by 15. Three <laughs> by 15. That's exactly what I needed to get out of this. I mean, I, I'm going to implement that. I loved hearing the discussion on fitness and the tying fitness to health. I loved hearing that because that's my philosophy as well. And I really enjoyed um, being on the show with you. And, and you know, I'd, I'd probably like to maybe check out one or two of your classes. Uh, can you give out the website name so we can maybe we and our many, many listeners can check it out? Yeah. So our remote program is joinpendulum.com. Uh, that can be done anywhere here in LA or across. We got people in Monterey and Seattle, Texas. So, I mean, we got people that are doing this program remotely or, if, you know, for the brick and mortar, it's pendulum.fit. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you, Drew. Yeah. Thank you guys. Thanks, I'll, be doing a, I'll be doing a Zoom class at five. You'll have Astrid as your coach. Oh, yay. Okay. <laughs> well, have a good afternoon. Yeah, you guys too. Take care, guys. Right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. And again, if you would like to support the show, please rate and review. And if you want to get in touch via Twitter, it's at GDolsky or 
at in the details pod. And I hope you're all staying safe. I hope you're washing your hands and stop hoarding the toilet paper. Bye.